Some assembly required. There's a quiet moment of inner rage, turmoil and despair, which needs discussing. It isn't terribly complicated, but it's worth exploring all the same. This moment, so fraught and tense, visits me all too often, but especially so when I'm assembling a multi-piece product with weirdly or poorly written instructions. Just yesterday, I was engaged in this modern exercise while assembling an enormous piece of furniture. I was first confronted with a stack of heavy cardboard boxes containing the bases, cushions, covers, and technology of a large sectional sofa. I spent nearly an hour unboxing the various pieces. One of the items was a foam-filled bag that, once unpacked and tossed around, grew to the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Once the unboxing was complete, I spent another 20 minutes moving cardboard, plastic, and other packaging materials from the area, stacking them in my car for recycling. Since a small forest had been mowed down to accommodate the shipping of this behemoth, the least I could do was keep it in the loop for another go-round. Unironically, the packaging made frequent and self-congratulatory mention of, of how many plastic bottles were recycled in the making of the furniture itself. Hoorah! One such notice was plastered on the actual plastic packaging. I'm not sure how funny that is. It's either fucking hilarious or devastatingly sad. Time will tell, I guess. Once unpacked and cleaned up, I faced a mountainous pile of shit that looked less like a future sofa and more like evidence of some weird crime against the furniture industry. Note, I've not yet made mention of the enraged and desperate moment that inevitably accompanies such tasks. Up to this point in the process, the only emotion tugging at my shirt tail was a sort of environmental impact-based background-level anxiety and sense of overall doom. Rage will soon follow. It almost always does. Without incident, I attached feet where feet needed attaching. I placed felt pads where felt pads needed placing and arranged that which needed arranging. No big deal. I took a brief break for lunch, drank plenty of water, took a satisfying and non-urgent piss break, and tossed the ball with my dog. So far, all was well. The customer for whom I was assembling this monstrosity was out of town and willing to pay a flat fee for the job. Time was on my side. I even allowed myself the idea that I was having a good time framing the task as paid exercise. Then, it was time to dress the couch. This is not a step that most sofas need. However, this modular creature was designed with the idea that everything is changeable, from the arrangement of the pieces to the clothes the couch could wear. My customer had chosen a smart and clean gray. This was the point in the job where I realized I was in trouble. There were six seat bases. Each of those bases had a seat and a back cushion, making for 12 cushions total. The sides and backs of the sofa were also in need of covers, five in total, three backrests and two side pieces. The gigantic foam-filled beanbag, parallel parked in the corner, required a cover as well. I laid them all out by type and picked a side piece as my first attempt. Each of the bases, backs, and side pieces had large strips of Velcro stapled and glued to their unseen underbellies. The idea, stated by the vague and pointedly dumbed-down instructions printed unhelpfully on the flaps of the large cardboard boxes which I'd carried to my vehicle over an hour earlier, seemed simple. 
Under large cartoonish shapes, the instructions suggest that one simply slip the cover over the side, back, or base. Take the time to align the seams, then pull the cover tight over the Velcro strips. Easy, right? By necessities, these covers must fit tightly. There was no sliding of anything. Instead, there was plenty of tugging, sweating, slipping fingers, banging the floor, and a sharp increase in the frequency of the word, fuck, bouncing off the walls of the mercifully unoccupied home. Each time, my dog lifted his head in curiosity, checking to see if anything worth chasing had suddenly appeared. However physically difficult this task was proving to be, it paled in comparison to what was in my future. A series of remarkably avoidable and difficult-to-correct mistakes. It was very clear that the covers for the side and back pieces had but one way they were meant to fit. After carefully aligning the edges and fighting with extremely tight covers for several minutes each, I moved on to the next step. That's when I noticed it. A familiar feeling insisted itself on me like a load of bricks falling down a flight of stairs. I had put nearly half of them on, backward. This is the moment when rage and desperation take hold. It is hard to describe just how infuriating a moment this is. To undo that which was difficult to accomplish in the first place is a heartbreaking and painful pill to swallow. It isn't just the fact that I'll be painstakingly undoing my work, only to do it over once again, but that I do this almost every single time I assemble something. It happens especially when I've done an uncharacteristically nice job of fitting things together. It's always the same experience. A piece is aligned beautifully. I set it down to admire it, then notice it's backward, incorrect or somehow noticeably off. The correction is never as nice a fit as the mistake, ever. stared at them for a moment. All five cushions, perfectly aligned, taut, and nicely velcroed, only half fucked up. A deep breath helps temper the self-loathing. I'm reminded that it's no good to go around disliking a coworker, especially when you work alone. Removing the cushions was extremely difficult. There's no purchase to pull against, so inch by inch, side by side, each one of the cushions taking twice as long to uncover as it took to cover, once unclothed, the cover is carefully turned around, double-checked for proper alignment, then once again painstakingly pulled taut. As I've been typing, my fingers are ever so slightly sore from this task, sending their own weight backward in time to hold down yesterday's fury. From there, everything became more frustrating and needlessly difficult. One would like to rise above this self-inflicted wound and do better work. Regrettably, that was not the case. The joy of completing the task of assembling that terrible sofa, upon which I will never sit, was lost by aggravated disgust for all things assembly. The massive foam bag, still lurking in the corner, had the smallest of the cushion covers. After wrestling with it for half an hour, I eventually conceded defeat. It's a two-person job, no two ways about it. After many hours of work, I packed up my things climbed into my packaging stuffed vehicle and drove away from the scene. My rage and frustration slowly softened 
as my dog rested his chin on my thigh, eager to get home and eat his dinner. In the rearview mirror, I saw the inner flap of a box bouncing to the beat of cracked pavement. An encouragingly and childish font, likely chosen by a committee of people who know better and hire adults like me to assemble furniture for them, a few choice words were visible. Even reversed in the mirror, it managed to irritate me. It read, Quick and Easy Assembly. Hey friends, did you like that episode? I sure did. If you're enjoying this program, you can support it by giving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you have the opportunity to do so. You can also send us a note at rbwpod.com forward slash contact. We'd love to hear from you with any questions, concerns, requests, story ideas, recipes, bogus fortunes, or apolitical rants. As always, if you've got a story to share, we want to hear it. So wishing you and yours the very best of everything and less than average amounts of bullshit. Until next time, loving you. Loving you.